the God of peace. Where does peace come from? It's something that I think we all want, and I wish I could just get a scoop of it and just, you know, get a little peace in my life. St. Paul says in Galatians 5 that the fruit of the Spirit is peace, as well as love, joy, patience, etc. And so I've always thought it this way. Uh, growing up in Phoenix, we had a couple grapefruit trees, an orange tree, a lemon tree. And when the tree was healthy, it would produce fruit. What does that mean? When it had the you know, nutrients that it needed, the fertilizer, water, you know, sunlight... Um, trim off the dead branches kind of thing, that when the tree was healthy, there was peace. And there's things we can do to help cultivate that. Now, one of the things that attacks, well, attacks our peace is what St. Paul talks about today, anxiety. And it's interesting, he says, have no anxiety at all. Which, which for me is a little funny. It's like saying, don't think about the pink elephant. Whatever you do, don't think about the pink elephant. It's like, well, of course now I'm thinking about it, you know? It's like playing the game. Oh, I just lost. So, but, but peace, it's like, it's anxiety. Like, trying to say go away anxiety is like trying to push the, the beach ball below the water and then it just pops back up. And so it's like, wow, this is not very helpful. Or is it? That perhaps that's exactly what God wants us to do. That when I'm, when I'm going for peace, but these things pop up that make me anxious, perhaps that's exactly what the Lord wants me to talk to him about. Right? I want happiness, but these things are popping up. It's like a, I want to drive to like San Diego but I got a flat tire. Forget the flat tire. I'm going to San Diego. It's like, no, you, you, you can't get there. You got to deal with this first. And so how do we deal with it? Well, St. Paul goes on to say, by prayer and petition, make your request known to God. And so prayer is sharing with the Lord what's on my heart, my, my thoughts, my feelings, my desires. And so if I'm feeling anxious, well, then that's what I bring to him. I say, Lord, I just feel so anxious. And the Lord leans in and says, tell me about that. Now, if we look at our world and our lives right now, I mean, it's, okay, it's midterms. And it's, ah, we've got, you know, wildfire, wildfires, you know, in California and Colorado. We got, you know, people are sick. I haven't, I haven't found my vocation yet, you might think. Um, and our politicians are arguing, and I don't know what's going to happen with this upcoming election. So there's, there's like always things that can make us anxious. So the, the answer is not to get to this magic place where I don't have any anxiety. I'm not worried about anything. I don't, I don't think that exists. But rather, that, that our anxiety can actually be an entryway into a conversation with God. Now, I could talk to him about all sorts of good things. And even St. Paul says that, right? Whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely, gracious. I mean, that's beautiful. Like, I hiked yesterday. 
uh, Locket Meadow. And I was like, wow, Lord, this is beautiful. So that's what I talked to the Lord about. But then you wake up and you're like, ah, anxious. You know, you think about something. It's like, okay, well then, that's what I bring to God. And so I want to propose something about anxiety. I, have you ever heard of exposure therapy? <laughs> it, I'm, no, I'm no psychologist, but just an armchair psychologist. But exposure theory is like if you're scared of snakes, the idea is the, a, a handler will come and say, here, hold the snake. And you're like, ah, it's like the worst, your worst nightmare. It's like Indiana Jones, your worst nightmare, right? And you're holding the snake, and then they're like, oh, the snake has a name. And he's this old. And you see the skin, like he sheds his skin, and, and this is what he eats. And he really likes it if you do this. And he's curling up right now, which means he's trying to find a safe place. And, and after a while, you're like, oh, it's okay. I don't, I don't feel as threatened Hmm. And we can kind of like relax. But the same thing can happen with our anxiety. That if we stare it in the face, and we say, what's the issue? A, a while back I was talking to a student and he shared with me, he said, uh, I'm worried my dad is going on a trip tomorrow and he's flying. And for some reason I just woke up and all I can think about is he's going to die in a plane crash. Father, what do I do? And so knowing kind of exposure theory, Father Compassion here said, well, that could happen. He's like, what? But what if I had said the opposite? Oh, that's not going to happen. He would have said, you don't know that. Father, I'm worried that I'm going to fail all my classes this semester. Oh, that's not going to happen. Father, you don't know that. Uh, I'm worried that I'm anxious that I'm not going to meet the person I'm going to marry by the time I graduate. Oh, that's okay. You'll meet somebody. Father, you don't know that. Do, do you feel the power of the anxiety within us? I mean, it's loud. It's not going to be told to get back in its hole or something. It wants to come out. And so what I propose, what the Lord invites us to do, is to let it out. And so I asked this young man, I said, uh, what if that happens? It's like, what? What if that happens? Well, I don't want it to happen. I was like, okay, I understand that. You don't want your dad to die. But the truth is, he actually is going to die. Well, I, I know that, Father, but I just don't want him to die tomorrow. Okay, and you're free to say that. But he's going to die. And, and, and then what's going to happen? Well, I, I hope he goes to heaven. I go, and what's that like? Well, then he'll be with God and he'll have peace and happiness. I was like, so that's actually a good thing. Yeah, but I just don't want him to die now because I still want to share life with him. I was like, that's okay. So here's what I want, but if this happens, <sighs> maybe it's okay. And so what I propose, <clears throat> what I believe the Lord wants to do is to hear all about what makes us anxious until he kind of draws out the poison of it. And you know that, I know that in my own life, when I get to the point where I sigh. <sighs> yeah, that's just what's bothering me. Because Jesus shows us that in the face of difficulty, in the face of 
suffering in the face of burden, Jesus does not try to hide it or dismiss it, but he goes and he hits it head on, that he faces it. Because that's where you and I are. The, the image we had in our first reading of this vineyard that had just fallen apart, it's like, wow, it fell into disaster. I was like, you know, sometimes I feel like my life is a disaster. Sometimes I feel like in my life, everything's falling apart. And what does Jesus do? But that's exactly where he goes. In the gospel, it says these other servants of the king had gone and been killed. So the son knows what's going to happen. But what does he do? He goes anyways, freely. What does Jesus do? He comes freely into our mess. That he takes the burden on himself. That he says, tell me all about it. And he, he suffers to the point of death, death on a cross. And so what that means is that he goes there because that's where I am. That he, he chooses to experience my suffering, my difficulty. And so whatever I experience, Jesus is right there. That even right now, Jesus is here. And, and anxiety is all about worrying about things that don't exist. But Jesus wants to be with me now in my worry about things that don't exist. But let's say one of those possibilities does exist and it happens. The Lord promises that he'll be with me there too. So if I fail all my classes this semester, we'll figure it out. If I don't meet the person I'm going to marry by the time I graduate, he knows that. And he'll be with me. And we'll figure it out. Do you feel the power of this? Because what does the evil one want me to do? The evil one wants me to get caught up and say, well, what if this happens? I mean, you can't stop it. It could happen. So what are you going to do? And, but Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow, for sufficient for a day is its own evil. <laughs> the evil one wants me to be thinking about tomorrow and what could happen and how bad it could go. And Jesus says, I'm with you today, and I'll be with you tomorrow, and we'll figure it out. And that, I propose, is what brings peace. Knowing that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be, even if the whole vineyard is falling apart. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. And the Lord is here with me. In 1991, there was a, a boy born named Carlo Acutis. He grew up in Italy, and so he loved soccer. Um, he was also a boy in the 90s, so he loved video games. And he wanted to be a computer programmer. Uh, but he was also, he, his faith was strong, so he would play video games for an hour a week. But he received his first communion, and he felt connected to the Lord and started to go to Mass as often as he could, even every day. And he would pray before and after. He started going to confession every single week. And he would pray the rosary often. And at the age of 15, he was diagnosed with leukemia. So here it is. Maybe we've experienced that. Everything's going great. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden it crashes. 
But he said, because he knew the Lord was with him, and that somehow this was part of God's plan, even though he didn't want it, it's part of his plan, that he said, I offer all the suffering I will have to suffer for the Lord, for the Pope, and I offer it for the church. That I receive this as somehow part of God's plan, and I offer it back to him. I give it to him. I tell him all about it. As I said, he loved Mass. He loved the Eucharist. And he said, the more Eucharist we receive, the more we will become like Jesus, so that on this earth we will have a foretaste of heaven. Heaven is where God is. But we come to Mass, and we receive God in the Eucharist. And so receiving the Eucharist, that Jesus is literally here with me. But Jesus is where heaven is. And so even if I'm experiencing hell and anxiety, that Jesus is here with me, that I can experience the foretaste, a taste of heaven here now. He said, to be always close to Jesus, that is my life plan. Talk about life plans. My life plan is to always be close to Jesus. His favorite quote that he said, I'll share with you, he said, all people are born as originals, but many die as photocopies. We're all born as originals, but many die as photocopies. We, we try to be so that people like us, and we actually lose our true selves. But when we are our true selves, we're the most free. He said, sadness is looking at ourselves. Happiness is looking towards God, which again is like St. Paul says today. Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, gracious, think about those things. You can think about the anxiety if you want, tell it to God, but then think about his goodness, his love, his justice, who will make right all the wrongs in my life. Well, with his leukemia, he passed away at the age of 15. And he said, I'm happy to die because I'd live my life without wasting even a minute of it on anything unpleasing to God. And this Saturday, he will be beatified in Assisi, Italy. That this young man who grew up in our own time, he will be the first saint to be canonized wearing blue jeans and sneakers. That he understands and he lived with similar pressures and difficulties and stresses and anxieties. But what he knew is where to take them. And that even when he faced his own suffering and death, that he knew that the Lord was with him and was able to experience incredible happiness, freedom, and peace. And so our invitation today is to go to the Lord, that the Lord who wants us to live and die, knowing that he is right there with us, that he's right here with us now, and that can give us peace.